Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. Yes. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20. Dice. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Hour number two of the Chris Gordy Show starts now. And pleasure to be joined by this guy. Guy who spent a long time in New Orleans. A decade coaching under different uh, regimes here in New Orleans as a defensive coordinator, even an interim coach at one point. He is Coach Rick Venturi jumping on with us right now in Sports 1280. Coach, how are you this morning? Good to talk with you. Oh, Chris, great to be on with you. Anytime that we can talk New Orleans or I can be on in New Orleans, I absolutely love it. As the, uh, you know, the 10 probably finest years of my life, I love that place. I miss it to this day. What's the one food you miss the most? Well, I'm going to tell you, and it probably wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be the common one, but uh, my favorite food, I'm sure they're still there at Middendorf's, was the fried catfish up there on Middendorf's, on the yes. right up there uh, by uh, you know uh, just just up north there on Old Fifty One. That was that was of all the great places in New Orleans, that was my absolute favorite. Absolutely, I think every Mother's Day we used to we used to go out there. Uh, great seafood out there. Oh give them, God, you can't beat it. <laughs> give them a free plug. Uh, so I, I, I guess, Coach, uh, catch everybody up to what you've been doing. I know you've been working with the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, doing some some draft stuff and a, and a whole bunch of work up there. What uh, catch everybody up on what you've been doing? Yeah, I've really this has really turned into a second career. I, I did it in the beginning to kind of stay busy and relevant, but I've really uh, you know started back in St. Louis on the air, and now uh, basically I, I have a couple contracts. I work um, four radio shows a week during the regular season, and in fact, the I'm the primary guy on the draft, um, and then I also do the Colt preseason games on television as the color analyst. And I have a weekly TV show every uh, every Sunday morning that basically is kind of a hardcore uh, football matchup type show uh, to get people ready for the game. So you know, really, I really now have a full plate, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Man, you're from the coaching to the media world. You're just uh, you're taking I over. I stepped over the line. You know, I always the coaches always kid me. I always say I have one foot in, one foot out. What was worse, late nights at the office or putting on makeup for TV? Uh, you know, that's that's a great question. You know, you know the the pressure the pressure of coaching. I I did it 41 years and 27 in the NFL. And you know, when when my day was done, I knew it was done, and I had other interests in life. But I will say, I love radio. I, I can do radio. My shows are, I'm on for an hour on Monday and an hour on Wednesday here in Indianapolis, you know, which most segments are 15 minutes. But I love that. But you're right. You know, to get this guy ready takes a lot of makeup on that television. 
<laughs> Talking with uh, Coach Rick Venturi, of course, uh, spent uh, many years here as an assistant coach. Uh, I, I love hearing your stories, Coach. Take us back to your early days in New Orleans. You come in here, uh, what, I think right when uh, Jim Mora um, yeah. leaves and you become the <laughs> that, interim head coach? Take us, yeah. take us back no, to that. No, that's an amazing story. You know, I come in uh, in 96. Jim was at, you know, and had the one year left. Uh, we all signed one-year deals. Uh, I was just happy to have a job. The Cleveland thing had gone poorly at the end. It had gone great in the beginning and poorly. And Jim gave me a new lease on life. I, I fell in love with New Orleans immediately. Uh, but we were in a precarious situation. And, you know, I just went about my business. I remember my wife saying, let's just, we're going to go down there and we're going to move to New Orleans. We're going to enjoy a people vacation there. We're going to, we're just going to work. So, you know, we went down there thinking that it very well could have been a one-year stint. And then eight weeks into the season, I become the head coach, you know, and I had had a near nervous breakdown the year before. I mean, this could only happen in the NFL <laughs> in Cleveland. But uh, it, New Orleans totally uh, rejuvenated my career. Um, you know, and again, Jim left at midseason, and all of a sudden the staff basically wanted me to do it. I had done it in Indianapolis, and uh, those guys really played hard. We didn't get the results, but those guys really played hard. And then, you know, I went on to, to uh, for a decade there. I mean, it was a full decade under different coaches. So, so and, how, uh, how that, you know, that... I mean, only it really only took, you know, being forced out for me to ever leave. I, I would have never left on my own. And then in the interim, uh, when Sean came in there, I, I was offered a terrific um, three-year deal in St. Louis with Jim Hazlitt. So it just was something that if I was going to wait around, I, I couldn't afford to do it, and so we went on. How did that work out when Ditka came in? I mean, did you? you I guess you had a relationship with him already, but st- being able to stay on because normally when a new guy comes in, yeah. I mean, he wants to, he wants to reset the whole staff. No, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I probably lead the league in being carried over, which is amazing. <laughs> and I don't know, I guess that would be a chapter in my book. I really, I admired Mike Ditka. And, you know, I, I was in Chicago in in the college level when he was there, but I couldn't say that I really knew him. I, I knew of him and, and I had admired him as a young coach. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he felt I would have a place, and he made me the assistant head coach. And I did a lot of the administrative work for him. I really did. And I, you know, and then, you know, after that went down, and Jim Hazlitt came in. Of course, Hazlitt and I, now, we had the background together. We had we had worked together in 96 in New Orleans when he first started. Uh, he wasn't even in the pro coaching yet, and he would come and stay a week with me back in my indie days early and so, you know, it was a, it ended up, like I said, being a long decade. And, and again, I would have never lived unless I had to. I guarantee you that. So take us back. I know we were talking the other day about this, but that uh, that that playoff game against the Rams. Oh, I mean, it, you're, yeah. you're you're playing that team. Your defense is on fire. Everything's clicking, and then all of a sudden, here comes Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf starting to click, and uh, suddenly your defense isn't looking so hot. Take me back to that game. No, that's exactly right. And you know, I, I mean, people don't realize this, but that was one of the greatest offenses in the history of the game. I, to me, in my years coaching, the greatest that greatest show on turf was the toughest. I, I use the term ambient now to describe a player who great, who's great and gives me headaches and won't let me sleep at night. Well, that was <laughs> the most ambient offense that I ever faced. But ironically, 
we beat them three out of five times in two years, and people kind of forget that. But we, you know, we were a little bit different. We were always the underdog. We always played good. And and Aaron Brooks, for all his failures, always played good against them. You know, and we played tough. But to make a long story short, we get ready to play that playoff game, which inevitably came the first playoff win. You know, they've had a lot since then in the Super Bowl, you know, which is great. But at that point, that was the first win in franchise history in the playoffs. But you're right. We had played them the last week of the regular season in New Orleans, and darned if they don't slip back in. We don't think they're going to be in, but somebody blows it, and the Rams get right back in. Now we got to play them six days later. And we had kind of been exposed in that last game because it didn't mean anything to us. Marshall had a huge day. And so all of a sudden now we got a nightmare on our hand. This is the defending champion. So, you know, they come into New Orleans and we start fast. I, I don't know if it was thirty to three or twenty seven I mean, we started that first half and just dominated. It surprised me, actually. And then you're exactly right. Kirk got hot. We stopped moving the ball. We had a, a punt issue. I mean, and we finally I'll be honest with you, after seven quarters and six days. Our defense was gassed. We were just done. I mean, I had used every blitz I can remember. Haslett, on the, he got he's on the sidelines. He says, "Rick, what are we? What are we?" Actually, he called me in the press box. What are we gonna do? And I said, "Please, Jim, just hold on to the ball for a couple minutes. We're gone. We're dead." We called every blitz, and you know, ironically, it came down to that drop punt because once once one thing I've learned over the years. Is if you if all of a sudden you let a guy and I'm I'm not sure we let him he just got hot but if you let an NFL guy like a Warner who's a Hall of Famer or a Breeze if one of those if those guys get hot almost nothing you're going to do is going to stop it I mean you you have to pre- it has to be prevention before they get going and then uh, of course. Uh, Akeem from the Rams dropped the ball. Uh, we recovered it. And I think the relief, I don't know that I've ever been, I don't even know if I was happy at that moment. I, they've got a picture with me and Tom Benson. I've, I've got it on my wall here in Indianapolis. And it was after that game, and I just, I, I look like I'm comatose. <laughs> no, I think everybody will remember that iconic uh, Jim Henderson call of Hakeem oh, drops the ball. Oh, my God, Jimmy, nobody does it better. And <laughs> yeah, I remember it like yesterday. <laughs> I guess take us through your last year in, in New Orleans. That was the Katrina year, right? When uh, Yeah, it really was, which was a nightmare. You know, Jim really, and, and he suffered a little bit in history because Sean has come in and you know, did a great job in the Katrina thing itself and the recovery and then the Super Bowl, which was such a great thing for that city and, you know, such an uplifter. But, you know, Jim had taken a 3-13 and disaster, really. And, you know, had I think we only had one losing season uh, going into the Katrina season and, you know, won the first playoff game. And, you know, we certainly, we certainly weren't a bad team. I, as a matter of fact, I kid... I kid everybody down there that you you know you ran me off on defense, but you'd love to have those defenses today. If you had those defenses today with Breeze, no telling what you'd do. But you know that's that's another story. Uh, but yeah, we got you know the the, the August storm hit, and uh, you know we were out. We went to um, Oakland for a week. We stayed in San Jose. We didn't know what was going to happen. We knew nothing. We played that last preseason game, and then found a, you know found the home for the season in San Antonio, but it was really a mess. I mean, we, uh, we, we were like vagabonds. We moved from practice field to practice field. 
you know, we played the first uh, home game in New York against the Giants, you know, which was, a, you know, a bummer, even though we won the first game. You know, and then we played in Baton Rouge, and it just, you know, at that point, that area was just so depressed mentally. I mean, there was nobody really caring about going to a football game at that point. And uh, so, you know, it, you know, bad turned to worse. And, uh, you know, for whatever happened with Jim and Tom, it was unfortunate because I didn't want I always thought if we could – I always thought that if we could just survive it, just survive it and live to fight another day – that we would make the necessary moves because we weren't as bad. <clears throat> we were bad, but we weren't really as bad as the record indicated. And if we could have gone out then and gotten a quarterback, which we would have done, you know, then things could have been different. You know, Sean came in, did a great job. I mean, he did a great job. He made they made a great decision on Drew Brees. You know, and they've been what uh, they you know since he's been there, they're top four offense like nine times out of ten, and I think the only time he wasn't, they were fifth. So, you know, you know, they've had their defensive issues. That's been the biggest issue the last couple of years. But, you know, that's, that's the way that went down. It was, uh, you know, obviously a horrendous uh, situation for everyone in that city and everybody involved. Talking with uh, Coach Rick Venturi, of course, uh, former uh, coach with the New Orleans Saints for years and years. Man, I guess that's got that'd be tough for you to that they run you out and then they finally get this quarterback who's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. But I think you made a good point, Coach. I mean, look, getting getting more to recent years. I mean, seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. It's it's great when the the offense is you know top five in almost every category and setting records and all this, but. You're right. I mean, this defense has not been good the past couple of years, and even if you just had an average defense here, this team would be making the playoffs. Well, and that's what we're preaching here in Indianapolis. And of course, we have, you know, we have our plow in some tough ground right now because the luck situation is uh, undetermined. Uh, we just lost sent our center, our first round draft pick, um, Kelly from Alabama, from last year's first round draft choice, who's a really good player. We've lost him for eight weeks. Uh, but this team can score. You know, Indianapolis has also been in the top ten uh, on offense, you know, since the beginning of time, since Peyton Manning 99. Uh, but this defense has been historically bad here the last couple years, you know, and has been down around 30, 31. And so we're hoping, and the new general manager here, Chris Ballard, has really gone out and made a lot of moves. Nothing, not spectacular, but he's brought in a lot of defensive help. And so that's kind of our plan. If they can, if they can just get this defense in the middle, if they can get the and the point total is what's important. You know, you got to average nowadays. When I was coaching in '08, it was you know you had to hold people to 17 consistently to be in the playoffs. Now that's moved up a little bit, but it's still 20. When you and the Colts were 24-5. I don't know. You know, I think the Saints probably are the same. I mean, if not worse. But I mean, we were. 24-5 a year ago, and my hope is, and I keep talking about it on the air, just get it down to 20. Take take four points off a week. You know, try to make it realistic, and you get luck back, and then, you know, then you're back in business. Talking with Coach Rick Venturi, I guess last thing for you, Coach, uh, if this uh, if this Saints team is going to be successful this year, obviously they've got, they've got to be better 
defensively. But what have you seen from them? I mean, what what would be a sign of hope? Some positives moving to for you know to have success for this season. We know Dennis Allen is going to be very aggressive. They're going to bring a lot of blitzing and things like that to maybe cover up some of their mistakes. But in your opinion, from a defensive coordinator perspective, I mean, is that what you have to do if you're undermanned in the secondary? If you don't have the bodies, you just got to bring the pressure and cross your fingers and hope that they can get you to know, the quarterback. I, I honestly don't know their team defensively as well. Obviously, as I I the team I cover every single day. But I think sometimes that's a misconception. You know, I think, first of all, Allen's a really good football coach, really sound football coach. And I think sometimes what's important, and I did this a lot in New Orleans, and I was criticized for it at times, but when you don't have a lot of great players, sometimes you're better off just keeping that ball in the box and don't give up a bunch of big plays. You know, there's that... That adage sometimes, well, we can outscore it, we can get it back. But I don't, I've never ascribed to that. I think if you can keep the point total down without just being dominated time of possession, now you give it to Breeze in ideal situations all the time. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is the point differential. You know, stay away from the big plays. If you make people work, they'll, even at the NFL level, they're going to give it back to you. They're going to get a penalty on first down, go second, first and 20. I mean, the biggest thing is you don't give up those big plays just from a distance. It just seems to me like they give up way too many big plays in critical situations. He is Coach Rick Venturi, uh, of course, years with the Saints, now working in the Indianapolis Colts organization. Coach, thank you so much for the time and jumping on with us. And, hey, look, if the Saints go 7-9 and nine this year, I'm starting the Rick Venturi for D.C. campaign for next year. <laughs> well, that's, that's the one town in America that, might bring, that, that I could probably coach for. <laughs> thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah, thanks a lot, Coach. We appreciate it. Rick, Coach Rick Venturi there uh, jumping all with us this morning, shared some old memories of uh, his decade in New Orleans and, uh, of course, coaching under three different regimes, Jim Mora, Mike Ditka, and uh, and Jim Haslick. Crazy uh, to, to, to think that he had been there that long and under all those different coaches. But uh, a great guy, great football inside, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely co- catch up with Coach again uh, at some point throughout the season he does a a tremendous job and um for those of you who have the game pass or whatever where you can watch the different preseason games you can watch him call the colts uh cowboys game coming up uh, this weekend because he does all the preseason games for the colts all right let's uh grab a quick break when we come up coming up at the bottom of the hour we're going to talk with adam amin of espn one of the uh one of the better uh, play-by-play guys out there really enjoy his work and then 9 45 we'll head out west talk with fletcher mackel wdsu get a report from saints camp this is the chris gordy show here on sports 1280 new orleans lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.